There were some big wins by teams vying for a playoff spot and devastating losses to go along with those who won the battle between the two second-year signal callers and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Could Joe Burrow take over the top spot of the quarterback from the 2021 QB class and a surprise firing? I'm Bo Brock, your Monday host, and it's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fired up, it is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals, the best team in the NFL, getting their franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, back in the lineup this weekend after missing three games. Also got star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins back. Could those two studs Knock the rust off as the Cardinals aim for their 10th win of the season on the road in cold and rainy Chicago. Struggling Bears will get into that contest in the full Sunday slate from Week 13 in the NFL season. Thank you for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen each and every day. We know you have so many options as far as NFL content goes, and you choose us, and we appreciate it. Maybe because we're free across all platforms, including our new YouTube channel, which has great daily content coming your way. Check it out, the Lockdown NFL Podcast. The Lions, they were able to avoid not winning a game in a full calendar year. Our guy Matt Derry from Locked On Lions is going to join us shortly to break down the dramatic win. And with the dramatic victory became a devastating defeat for the Minnesota Vikings, a team in the thick of the NFC playoff hunt. Another contender also fell on Sunday. I'll tell you who that was. Chris Carter from Lockdown Steelers is going to tell us if the Steelers are rallying around Big Ben after reports surfaced late last week that he was retiring after the 2021 campaign. And Chris Russell from Lockdown Washington football team is going to tell us how Washington is now in the driver's seat. All of a sudden, for an NFC playoff spot, they had a big game on the road in Sin City against Vegas. Could they continue their hot streak. Before we get into the action, the Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady was fired on his day off. What is this, Friday? The Panthers are making a change to their offensive personnel with only five games left in the season. Carolina announced Sunday that offensive coordinator Joe Brady was relieved of his duties. Head coach Matt Rule said he was grateful for Brady's time and effort, and it seemed the offense was to blame for the Panthers falling to 5-7 and seven after a 3-0 and start to the season. The team added senior offensive assistant Jeff Nixon. Uh, he will work with the rest of the coaching staff to coordinate the offense the rest of the way. Brady and the Panthers were 28th in total offense going into Week 13. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski connected for a pair of touchdowns as the Bucks pulled away from the Falcons 30-17 in Atlanta. The duo moves past Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates as the second most prolific touchdown scoring duo in NFL history with 90 in the regular season, only behind Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison who have 112 scoring passing catches. Brady had four total passing TDs as he improved to 10-0 against Atlanta. Russell Gage hauled in 11 passes for 130 yards, and Matt Ryan passed for nearly 300 yards, but was sacked five times by the Tampa defense. The Bucs now have a four-game lead in the NFC South with five to play. Atlanta 5-7 and seven 
overall. Jonathan Taylor dominated on the ground as the Colts shut out the Texans 31-0 in Houston. The NFL's leading rusher added to his impressive season with 143 yards and two tutties on 32 carries. Taylor leads the league with 1,205 rushing yards and 16 total touchdowns. Joe Mixon on Sunday, he had a quiet day, not involved in this game. Why am I noting that? Because the Bengals running back finally passed Derrick Henry for second in rushing yards this season. Henry, of course, hasn't played since week eight after having to undergo foot surgery. Back to Indy, they won four of its last five to improve the seven and six. Houston managed only 141 offensive yards as it dropped to two and ten. Terod Taylor threw for just 45 yards, and an interception was benched in favor of Davis Mills. The coach will say that Taylor actually was um, nursing an injury. Mills fared equally as bad with just 49 passing yards, 6 for 14 pass attempts. It was just a brutal day offensively. There was one lone bright spot, though, for the Texans. It was on defense, Kamu Grugier-Hill. He had 20 tackles, a sack, and three tackles for a loss. The Texans were shut out for the second time this season. Gardner Minshew led the Eagles to victory in his first start of the season. Minshew guided Philadelphia to a 33-18 win over the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. The Eagles' backup quarterback threw for 242 yards, two touchdowns, both of which went to Dallas Goddard who had 105 receiving yards. It wasn't just Minshew in the passing attack. Miles Sanders back in the lineup for a couple weeks now. Rushed for 120 yards. Jake Elliott went 4-4 for four on field goals. Eagles starting quarterback Jalen Hurts missed the game with an ankle injury. Apparently no quarterback controversy. It will be Hurts' job. QB1 when he's healthy. Philly improves to 6-7. and seven. Continue to be in the thick of the NFC playoff chase. Zach Wilson, number two overall pick, was solid for Gang Green. 226 passing yards, two touchdowns. Did have a pick. Tevin Coleman led the 3-9 Jets with just 58 rush yards. The Dolphins held the Giants out of the end zone on their home field in South Florida. Miami topped New York 20-9 in Miami Gardens, Florida. Tua completed 30 of 41 passes, 244 yards, and two touchdowns. Connected with his college teammate Jalen Waddle nine times for 90 yards. Jalen Phillips, the rookie, led the Dolphins' defense with two sacks as they improved to six and seven. Yeah, look out for the Fens. Giants starting quarterback Daniel Jones was out with a neck injury, while Mike Glennon filled in with 187 yards and a pick. Glennon suffered a concussion in the loss. Jake Fromm, the former Georgia quarterback, he was up next for New York. Graham Gano made three field goals, and Saquon Barkley led the Giants with just 55 rush yards. New York drops to four and eight. There are no longer any winless teams in the NFL. The Detroit Lions finally got it done on Sunday, taking out the Minnesota Vikings 29-27 in a dramatic finish. Jared Goff finding Amaron St. Brown in the end zone, 11-yard touchdown strike. It was the first win under the Dan Campbell regime. It was the first win, I believe, for Jared Goff without Sean McVay as his head coach. I'm going to have to confirm that with Matt Derry. Matt Derry joins us from Locked On Lions. Am I right by saying that? I thought I saw that Goff was winless without McVay. What finally put him in a position Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings? First of all, Bo, uh, I'm never on this show. That's because the Lions are so bad. I see this uh, email from you like, you want to come on the show? I'm like, locked on NFL? 
am I finally going to get an appearance? You have to put me on after today, which was such a roller coaster ride. Yes, it was Jared Goff's first win without Sean McVay. That is true. Uh, the Lions came in 0-10-1 today. I didn't, think, I didn't think they were going to win today because Kirk Cousins has had a history of tearing up the Lions, especially at Ford Field. Justin Jefferson's very, very good. Uh, Alexander Madison's had big games before against Detroit, and I just didn't see it. After the last three weeks where the Lions were so close and couldn't get off of the hump, the Vikings have seemed to have their number. But today, the Lions actually outplayed Minnesota. They deserved to win. They had a 13-point halftime lead. They had a 13-point third-quarter lead. Vikings came out through the first punch in the second half, and then the Lions was sort of a back-and-forth game. Then the Lions, up two in the fourth quarter, inexplicably go for it fourth and one at their own 28 and run a play action pass with golf on the rollout. He fumbles Vikings get it. Lions don't let the Vikings score automatically when they get inside the five yard line, but then they end up scoring anyway, but they did leave some time on the clock. It was like Dan Campbell said here, Mike Zimmer, you take it. We don't want it. Zimmer (laughs) said, no, Dan, you take it because the lions went 75 yards down the field. And for some odd reason with four seconds left on a fourth down, like you said, Vikings rush three, and Amon Ross St. Brown is alone running a slant right to the goal line. He just stood there and caught it on his knees, and that was it. The Lions won, and everybody in this town at least can exhale for a night. Yeah, you make it sound so easy, and I am pumped to finally get you on the show this season. I mean, it only took a couple weeks to get it done. (laughs) I mean, 150 left. I mean, did you think, hey, this was just another, you know, game that's going to get away, 150 left, and then they go 75 yards down for the game-winning drive? Yeah, you know, Matthew Stafford used to do this very well, obviously, which was was the comebacks, whether it was against bad teams or not. This was a Stafford thing. Uh, I was just, again, surprised the Vikings didn't blitz more. The one time they blitzed during that series, Harrison Smith got to go off and they nearly threw an interception. Or he nearly threw an interception. So they gave him some time to throw. He dink and dunk down the field. They got one play from the 11, like you said, and St. Brown was open. Give golf credit. He threw a bad pick early in the game. He fumbled earlier in the game, like I mentioned before, but bounced back. And look, they're playing hard for Dan Campbell. They're in every game, but Campbell has made so many coaching mistakes and this team just doesn't have enough talent, but uh, eventually they were going to get it done. I, I, I truly believed it and, and they did it today. Now, one ten and one after the 29-27 victory, ending a 15-game losing skid. It lasted 360 days. That was one shy of a full calendar year right there. What does this mean for the Dan Campbell-led Lions going forward? Well, I'll say this, Bo. I truly believed that if this team went 0-16-1, that the Lions would have to make a change. And you don't want to make a change. You want to see this through. It's a complete and utter rebuild and teardown. They like Campbell. He's great in the community. He's fun. Uh, uh, he and Brad Holmes, the GM, seem to get along, and and he's a likable guy. But can you bring a coach back that doesn't win a game and make some egregious mistakes like he's made? He has already stripped Anthony Lynn, the offensive coordinator, of play-calling duties. He's calling the plays himself. A lot of times it's third down and 10 and a draw play and a punt. Today in the first half, he actually outcoached Mike Zimmer. They were using the tight ends, play action. He had golf rolling. It looked good. Then the second half, they go right back to just some inexplicable calls. And then, like I said, the fourth and one made no sense. So what it means is I think Dan Campbell is at least safe in the Mm -hmm. near future. And I also think it means that they can finally breathe a little bit here and and see if they can rattle off a couple more wins. It's not going to be easy with games against 
your Cardinals at Denver, Green Bay. But if they can at least get a couple more wins here and get a little bit of momentum going into next year, that's what you're looking for. After the dramatic win, head coach Dan Campbell dedicated the victory to the victims of the Oxford-Michigan shooting in his post-game press conference. Kyler Murray was back on the playing field for the first time in four weeks after missing three games to the Arizona Cardinals after injuring his ankle. DeAndre Hopkins, the star wide receiver, was also back in the lineup for the Redbirds. Could they knock the rust off after missing so much time and keep the Arizona Cardinals the top team in the NFL? You're not going to believe this. Today, I need to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream. It brings you live TV on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. So Kyler Murray was impressive in his return to the lineup after missing three games. He had a total of four touchdowns, and the Arizona Cardinals picked off Andy Dalton, the beat-up on the Bears in Chicago. 33-22, Murray, returning from an ankle injury, tossed a pair of TDs, including an opening drive 21-yard dime on fourth and two to DeAndre Hopkins, who was also returning from injury, Buda Baker. Jalen Thompson, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy Jr. all picked off the red rifle, in the Cards' 10th win of the season, David Montgomery racked up 141 total yards, two touchdowns as the Bears fell to 4-8 and eight on the season. Arizona has the best record in the NFL at 10-2 and two, and a perfect 7-0 and oh record on the road. The Cards, a big showdown in the NFC West on Monday night football a week from tonight. One of the biggest surprises has been the Washington football team putting themselves back in contention the last couple of weeks, and they continued that role this weekend. They rallied past the Las Vegas Raiders 17-15 behind the leg of a kicker. They just signed Brian Johnson, kicked through the game-winning field goal in the WFT, and even its record to 6-6. Six and six. To talk about it, when the co-host of the Washington Football Lockdown Podcast, Chris Russell, joins us. Chris uh, where did Brian Johnson even come from? <laughs> well, Bo, uh, actually, that's his second game-winning kick this year for two different teams. If you think about it, he was with – now, they signed him earlier this week off the Bears practice squad, right? But just hang with me. He was with the Saints earlier this year, kicked a go-ahead, which turned out to be game-winning field goal for the Saints in Seattle on Monday night football with just under two minutes left from 33 yards out. This ultimately is a much harder kick, even though that was outdoors. This is at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Either way, Brian Johnson, he's got uh, nine career field goals now. He's nine of nine and two game winners this year. How about that for two different teams? Coming through in the clutch, no matter what uniform he's wearing, a local product for the Washington yeah. football team. I uh, played at Virginia Tech from the D.C. area. But uh, let's talk about the quarterback play from WFT. Taylor Heineke, two touchdown passes. He set up the game-winning score. Couple, uh, maybe make you hold your breath, throws down the stretch mm-hmm. this game, but still finding a way, huh, Chris? He's a high-wire act. It's it's kind of the best way I could really put him. That's not going to make his fans, his legion of supporters, happy to hear that. That's the honest to God's truth, Bo. I mean, you know, and and there's a lot of good with that high wire act. 
but there's some bad. And, and that's true for every quarterback, but you know what I mean. There's a difference between, you know, the quarterback that you cover on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and, and then your standard high-wire act. Taylor Heineke is tough as you know what. He's athletic. He's mobile. He's a leader. He's charismatic. He's just mentally tough. He's emotional. It means the world to him. He was sleeping on his sister's couch a year ago. Okay. It means the world to him. He's high a lot. He had gotten better in that area. It returned today. That's where his inaccuracy was today. Um, Mostly high four or five throws. Uh, And then there was one throw behind Terry McLaurin. But you know, two touchdown catches, one of which was high. Logan Thomas, who then got injured, uh, saved him on and reeled in on the first drive and then one perfect one uh, inside the, uh, the, the the 10-yard line to Antonio Gibson, and they kind of took advantage whenever they could uh, of the Raiders inside the red zone and in goal-to-go where the Raiders were really, really, really struggling, and it was just enough. Yeah, it certainly was just enough. And, and Heineke, I think that's the, the perfect way to put it. And it's not a, a, an indictment. I mean, the guy gives does enough for this team to win. They've won four straight, but at the same time, he, he makes mistakes. He's not uh, he's, he's not a perfect quarterback back there by any stretch. But during this four-game win streak, and with the absence of Chase Young, this defense has seemed to kind of turn it around and resemble the one that we expected to see at the beginning of the season. What's the difference? Yeah, and 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 Chase obviously played in the first of the four wins, right? So we should okay. we should point that out. Uh, he got hurt in that game against Tampa. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say well they won four games totally without him, but mostly without him. They have won all four games without Montez Sweat. So and he's coming back. Uh, we don't know if it'll be this week for Dallas or the next week for Philadelphia, but he should be back within the next two weeks from the fractured, broken jaw. Uh, Chase, obviously, is not coming back. I think the biggest thing, you know, Bo, when I look at it is they've tackled a lot better. Uh, it was a little spotty earlier, uh, early in the game today against the Vegas Raiders. They, they've tackled better. They've communicated better. They haven't had these massive communication issues and breakdowns uh, allowing for deep, explosive plays. That was a little bit of a problem last Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks, but it's been much, much, much better. Uh, and, you know, I, I think those two things along with if you ask people inside the building, you know, and they're, and they're careful to, to not throw bombs – Mm-hmm. They feel that James Smith Williams and Casey Tuhill and um, and guys, other guys that have fit in at that defensive end position for Chase Young and Montez Sweat play with more discipline and structure and mm-hmm. more. Hey, this is what we want you to do, and this is what we need you to do, not what you think you should do. And again, that comes off as a criticism, of course, of specifically Chase and to some degree Montez. But I got to be honest with you, Bo. It's it. it I mean, it was it was correct all along, and yeah. and, and I think a lot of us saw it. Uh, I talked to Chase specifically about some of the erraticness of his game, and he thought he had been making progress in that area. Uh, and maybe he's trying too hard. I don't know, hmm. but. Clearly, they have been a more structured, disciplined, sound unit up front. Tremendous insight. Of course, you're going to want to listen to the Locked On 
Washington football team podcast, Victory Monday podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell listen all week long as they prepare you for a monster showdown in the NFC East between WFT and Dallas. That's coming up in week 14. It was arguably a battle between the two best second-year signal callers from the 2020 NFL Draft. The Los Angeles Chargers scored 17 fourth-quarter points in a 41-22 win over the Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. A seven-yard touchdown run by Joe Mixon pulled the Bengals within two after they initially trailed 24-0, but L.A.'s Trevon Campbell returned a fumble to the house on the next Bengals drive. Justin Herbert outdueled Joe Burrow passing for 317 yards, three scores with just one interception. The Chargers improved to 7-5 and five with the win. Burrow had 300 passing yards, a touchdown pass, a touchdown run, but two interceptions. Cincinnati falls to 7-5 and five with the loss. Burrow dislocated a pinky in the setback on his throwing hand. He's pretty confident he won't miss any time. Matthew Stafford threw for 295 yards and three touchdowns as he led the Rams to a 37-7 blowout win over the Jaguars in Inglewood, California. Stafford ended his streak of three straight games with an interception with an efficient day in the pocket. He connected eight times with Cooper Cup, who tallied 129 yards and a score. Sony Michelle, he rushed for 121 yards and a TD to help L.A. improve to 8-4 and four and keep pace with the Cardinals in the NFC West. It was a lackluster day on offense and defense for Jacksonville. It lost its fourth straight game. Trevor Lawrence completed 16 of 28 passes for 145 yards for the Jags, who fall to 2-10. and 10. Carlos Hyde ran in the lone touchdown in the second quarter for Jacksonville, managed only 197 offensive yards and two lost fumbles. There's another devastating loss for an NFC playoff contender I want to tell you about. Plus, could Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs continue to right the ship? I'm pumped to tell you, though, about the best-tasting protein bar ever. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing Will you have the raspberry or the mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in an endless shopping lines, Built Bar will give you that extra something you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at the family parties because people, it's a very polarizing subject. They're very passionate about their favorite flavor and they'll fight for things and things could just get out of hand. Get the gift of the best tasting protein bar on the planet this holiday season, either for your friends and family or for yourself. Save some money while doing it too. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Also, tis the season to win some bets. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more preps, odds, and lines than ever before for the football season as it continues to march towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked on to receive your bonus. That means if you put it at 100 bucks, you'll get $50 free to help build your stack. 
Put in 50, you get 25. From hoops to football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond. Bet online. The fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. Where the game starts. Bo Brock here with you on the Lockdown NFL podcast. The Seahawks and Niners both had three turnovers in the team's latest wild matchup. San Francisco drove 95 yards at the end of the game to try and score a game-tying touchdown, but the Seahawks escaped with the 30-23 W in Seattle. On the final play of that drive, Carlos Dunlap tipped the fourth down pass from Jimmy Garoppolo on the three-yard line in the final seconds of the game to seal the win for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson led the way for Seattle with 231 passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Travis Homer jump-started the offense with a 73-yard touchdown run off a fake punt. Jimmy G threw for 299 yards, two touchdowns and two picks, while George Kittle was a monster in the pass game. He balled out nine catches, 181 yards, and two tutties. San Francisco drops to 6-6. Six and six ending their uh, pretty stellar run as of late, while Seattle, they go to 4-8. and eight. Adrian Peterson scored a TD for the Seahawks in his debut as well. AD now becomes the first player in NFL history to score a rushing TD with six different teams. Christopher Carter, of course, you hear him here on Locked On NFL on Friday with your boy Q. And of course, Locked On Steelers, a wild one, 20-19. TJ Watt just going absolutely just manimal and slowing down Lamar Jackson and crew and holding on to win. Chris, uh, just break down that final play. Not the final play, but the stand that the Pittsburgh Steelers made to secure the victory on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy because they had a they had a rough time leading into it. The defense pretty much locked down the Ravens. They had one, you know, for outside of two drives early on, they gave a ninety nine yard uh, drive, a touchdown drive, the longest touchdown drive that that the uh, that the that has ever happened in the Steelers Ravens rivalry. But for otherwise, they had shut down the Ravens. T.J. Watt gets three and a half sacks. Then on that final drive of the game, Lamar Jackson starts finding guys over the middle. He starts hitting guys. He gets a touchdown, and it comes down to a two point conversion. Where it's just a matter of hey, can you can you make the play happen? They go with a quarterback option. The Steelers have most co- guys covered except Mark Andrews. He leaks out at the last second and he's wide open. But T.J. Watt closing in on Lamar Jackson is is bringing the heat. Lamar trying to fit it away over him. He throws it. T.J. jumps. The pass is off. Andrews can't haul it in, and the Steelers come away with a big victory. It was a game where the Steelers needed their playmakers to come through, and they did. Deontay Johnson, two touchdown receptions. T.J. Watt, three-and-a-half sack. Minka Fitzpatrick, his second straight game with an interception. Steelers showing they're not done yet. Right, but they did look done early in this contest. It took them coming on in the fourth quarter 17 points, including, you know, the go-ahead score before uh, uh, the Ravens went down on that. What was it that clicked for their offense? I think it was really just Ben seeing the field and, and often and taking advantage of the middle of the field a little bit. You saw him going to his playmakers, letting them make plays further down the field. Too much of the Steelers offense gets drowned out in these in their underneath passing game where they're trying to work horizontally, you know, two yards, three yards, and not letting them kind of saying, hey, you know what? Deontay Johnson's one of the better route runners in the league. Let him just beat Marlon Humphrey one-on-one, and he did that on one, on one of his touchdowns. Uh, you know, the same goes for Najee Harris, getting him involved in different ways. Even though his numbers don't look 
spectacular. He was getting really tough yards for the Steelers. He had over 100 all-purpose in, in this game. Really important stuff there from Ben Roethlisberger to be able to hit those guys. Also, I will say something that will go unsung in this game, the offensive line, which I thought was going to be decimated by the Ravens with Calais Campbell and uh, Brandon Williams, they really held their own. And, and they're all down to, I think, their fourth string uh, left guard because mm. uh, Kevin Dotson is out. Uh, um, uh, excuse me, uh, J.C. Hassenhauer is out. B.J. Finney got hurt in the middle of the game. They went to to Leglue, a guy they pulled off the practice squad. He filled in and they and did nicely. And the, you know they they gave up one sack on Roethlisberger. They were pushing in late in the game. They really had a a good showing. This was a strong team win. One of those kind of wins that the Steelers have done in recent years when everyone thinks, oh, they're falling out, they're not going to be able to compete, and then all of a sudden they get wins like this and they're still hanging around in the conversation. Yeah, Big Ben taking one sack the entire game. And as you said, kind of a patchwork offensive line. Roethlisberger takes care of the football. Two touchdowns, no picks. Was this a situation? Did you see it at all? Obviously, the reports that this is his final season, you know, mm-hmm. for, for Ben Roethlisberger. Did the team maybe rally around their quarterback? It's possible the Steelers aren't gonna aren't gonna let into too much of that. You know, reports of that came from Adam Schefter. You know, so he's got he's talking to former players who Ben might have called. And I mean, I, we, this has been the people have been asking me for this for twelve months. Is this is this Ben's last year? We, you know, it's likely yes. I mean, we all we we knew that that was a possibility, but it was also possible that if this offensive line somehow worked out and the run game became a really powerful force, that he might have said, you know what, I don't have to do too much with this team. I, I don't have to, to throw forty times a game or take this many hits. And the past few weeks he's taken a lot of hits he's been you know the offensive line had not been playing well they've been getting hit uh, they've been they've been allowing Ben to get hit and I think when you look at that no why would he go play for that for that for that group again but uh you know he, again he's 39 years old he's all all the way up there I, I think there's a lot of merit behind that but I do think there's a, there is a sense that hey they, 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 the Steelers they want to lock it down but not just for him but for themselves you know Ryan Clark Chris Hoke former members of the Steelers that are currently in media were calling out the Steelers all week we I was asking them after practice I asked Najee Harris after practice and you know they were like hey respectfully they can think that way we have to prove them wrong and I think mm-hmm. that they did in this game to wrap up the action on Sunday in week 13 of the NFL season, the Chiefs came away with a divisional win in primetime. Kansas City beat the Broncos 22-9 on Sunday night in an AFC West showdown at Arrowhead Stadium. Patrick Mahomes completed 15 of 29 passes for 184 yards and an interception. Pretty pedestrian numbers for Mahomes. He did add a rushing TD for the Chiefs, who improved to 8-4 and four so they can remain hot. While the offense had a quiet night, the defense stepped up as Daniel Sorensen had a 75-yard pick six off Teddy Bridgewater. Denver struggled to move the ball and was held to three points through the first three quarters. Javante Williams, the rookie out of North Carolina, had a great game with 102 rushing yards, 76 receiving yards, and a touchdown. The Broncos fall to 6-6. Six and six. We've got a huge showdown in the AFC East, it's going to wrap up your Week 13 action tonight on Monday Night Football. The 8-4 and four Pats put their six-game win streak on the line at 7-4. and four. Buffalo cannot wait for that game. Your guys, Ross Jackson, Luke Braun, they'll have a full recap, the huge contest, and what it means to the AFC East and the AFC playoff picture. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Big thanks to my guests today, Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, Chris Russell of Locked On Washington football team, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Make sure to follow along on Twitter at Locked On Networks and me, Bo Brock, at Bob Brack. And thanks for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen. Get geared up for tonight's Monday night matchup. 
your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets hosted by your boy Q and expert analyst and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free. It's available on all platforms. Check it out. 